Welcome back to the Global Digital Banker podcast. Today I'm at Revolut, joined by James Gibson, Senior Product Owner, Business Banking. Thanks for having me. No, it's all. Glad to be here. So you've had some pretty exciting news in the past week. Two new business accounts launched. Would you like to just start by telling us a bit about them? Yeah, absolutely. So we are super excited that we've been able to launch free accounts for freelancers and corporates. When we say free, we mean no monthly subscriptions. So uh, we had a large number of customers saying uh, we'd love to be able to use Revolut, but £25 a month is quite a steep uh, first tier. So we said, well, why don't we try and create something which is free so it's accessible to everyone? So that's what we've done. We've launched with those. We also uh, increased the flexibility so you can change between plans at any time. You can schedule changes for the future, schedule downgrades, upgrades. And we've also changed it so that with your plan, you get a kind of basket of transfers and exchange and team members. And if in a given month you need to go over that allowance that you get given, you can do. And then we just uh, charge you on a kind of per transaction basis. And this was our way of trying to become more flexible for the, the customer. So still giving great value, but also adding additional flexibility that you could go slightly over your, uh, your plan a given month. Mm. For me, uh, I use GIFGAF as my mobile phone provider, mm-hmm. and they're a real source of inspiration for this. They make it super flexible, very easy to use and offer great value. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, if you're a business owner, particularly if you're just kind of starting out or as you mentioned, like the freelancers, 25 quid a month if, say, the revenue is fairly low. It's a big commitment. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we have a lot of uh, businesses that have used our retail product for the last couple of years. They, they, they really like it. They're thinking about starting a business, and the first thing you need is a business account. Mm-hmm. And now to be able to say, well, look, we'll, we'll support you in the first couple of months of your business with a free account, uh, I think is something really exciting. And so far, we've seen a lot of traction with it as well, which is great. Yeah, definitely encouraging people to use a business account. Because I think sometimes when the, when the fees are high, people tend to use a personal or premium account for business expenses. Um, so that's a great way to get people using the correct products. You've had business accounts now in the market for two years. How has your customer base changed? I mean, are you seeing different needs or different use cases from these customers? And how has that impacted or influenced this new pricing? Yeah, actually, interestingly, when we launched, I think we were seen largely as a FX facility. We offered great rates and people used us a lot for that. And we weren't really seen as a viable way of running your business domestically. As we've grown, more and more people use us and they kind of come for the really good effects mm-hmm. rates and then stay increasingly just for the day-to-day use domestically. And mm-hmm. um, what we found was that our current pricing structure was really well suited to people who wanted to use us as a FX facility, essentially. Mm-hmm. But it was less good for people who just wanted to use us as a day-to-day account to manage their, their finances domestically. So part of the change in the pricing is a pivot towards more domestic use. Mm. The UK market is so competitive at the moment. There's you know, lots of challenger banks, lots of fintechs. Switching intent for primary domestic banks has significantly increased over the past six months. Um, and we've seen that some of the main drivers behind that are fees and prices and um, the online banking and digital banking operations. So in terms of staying ahead, I mean, you guys are online and mobile. You have that full digital offering. How do you continue to stay ahead of the curve? So we're quite lucky at Revolut for Business. We've had a business account for the last two years. Uh, We launched quite early on relative to some of our competition. And that means we've got a good basis now for uh, to kind of build upon. So that means some of the basic features like integrations with zero, free agent, being able to make bulk transfers, uh, having an API, being able to schedule future payments, 
this kind of stuff we sort of comes as standard with our product and this gives us a really good launch pad to start building the, the products of the future. So, for example, we've got some cool announcements coming up soon about expense management. Mm -hmm. And we're going to make it much easier for small and medium-sized businesses to be able to manage their employees' expenses. Super exciting. Mm -hmm. So we're able now to start focusing on some more of the value-adding products rather than just doing the hygiene factors that we've mm -hmm. kind of been doing up until now. Even just the expense management that creates so much efficiencies, even just at like an employee level. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. And managing my expenses, it's always leaving it to the very last day of the month. We get a reminder from the the finance team, and then it's like, oh my god, I've got to put two hours now. Yeah. To, and you can imagine Revolut as we uh, expand internationally. We have people going around the world the whole time, mm. and our finance team are getting increasingly exasperated at lack of receipts that people were generating. So we've learned firsthand what we need mm. to do, and so we've got something cool coming with regards to that. Exciting. So in terms of servicing your SME customers, I mean, every business, every SME has their own unique way of operating, needs, etc. So in terms of being a digital-only proposition, how do you really give those customers that personalized, high-touch offering? Yes, good, good question. So it's worth saying, I think, we've scaled in the last uh, four years from zero to six million customers on the retail side. So we now have a large team that support our uh, retail customer base. And we've learned a lot of things, kind of mm -hmm. sometimes the hard way. Uh, about how to do that on the retail side. We then had the benefit on the, the business side to learn from that, to be able to use that uh, experience. And uh, we have significantly fewer customers, mm. although they do require, in general, more support because they're more complex, these businesses. So mm. I think a lot of what we learn on the, the retail side, we've been able to apply to business. We, we then are doing a lot internally. I mean, we appreciate that it's not easy. And an interesting fact that about 50% of our businesses use us as their only business account. Okay. Not as a secondary account. Yeah. Um, so that's you know, perhaps surprisingly large. I think a lot of people would mm. write us off as it being much much lower than that. What that means then is we have a huge uh, responsibility to those businesses to make sure we serve them well. Um, we take it very seriously. So we have large development teams working purely on improving the customer experience, mm -hmm. both from a compliance point of view. You know, compliance can sometimes be uh, painful from our customers to yeah. remain compliant, um, but also just general like giving our customers the support they need so uh, we're, we're investing very heavily in that at the moment uh, a lot of our team is spending their time on that mm. and with those value-added services you were touching on before is that feedback coming from your direct customers yeah 100 percent. so we, we have a lot of mechanisms for getting feedback from our customers and aggregating it together mm -hmm. we obviously run surveys but we also tap into a lot of other stuff in terms of the the ongoing feedback our customers give us and we, we feel like we have a relatively good idea of what our customers uh, would like. Sometimes it's things we can't deliver as quickly as we'd like to for various reasons. Yeah. Uh, other times it is. And so we're, trying, we're obviously trying to pick things that, that will help our customers grow, use us more, and that will attract more customers. So, yeah, it's mm. a big part of how we decide what to do. And we've seen a lot from Revolut recently in terms of the looking to expand into Australia, the US. I mean, there's some pretty big markets you're going for, which is really exciting. So what's been the experience so far? Yeah, so on the business side, we've, we're have we kind of focusing on Europe for now. Retail's the one pushing ahead in the expansion markets. I think what we've learned is it's very, very complex to launch a uh, financial services product in other markets. Mm. And you need a lot of expertise. You need a lot of things to align in order to do it. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been great to hear about the new offering and so great to see such a, a big brand in the market really driving that support and delivering the needs of SMEs. Thank you so much for your time. Not at all. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Global Digital Banker podcast. To listen to other episodes, head to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Alternatively, head to globaldigitalbanker.com.